Stories Behind the White Coat. I'm Ben Davis, and this is Grayscale. Welcome back to episode two of the Class of 2025 project. Today, we'll have five of our R1s who are soon to be R2s. We have Sarah, Preston, Zana, Odette, and Helena, and they'll share some of their reflections on the past year, but also be looking forward towards the next year. So let's jump right in. So it is March 21st, 2023. Last time we recorded is 2022. Uh, it's been, what, eight months or so since we last recorded. We've gone through a full winter. We're now seeing the sun once again. And we have our group here with us. We've morphed slightly, as I expect this group to morph over the next two years. Um, with people coming in and out of these episodes. And we're going to see how they're doing now. I expect them all to be doing perfectly well, perfect balance, um, high energy, and positive outlook. (laughs) So who wants to go first to just say how things are going? And you can be as brutally authentic as you want to be I'll buy us some time and I'll say uh, which I already told the group this is historically having gone through what is commonly known as the most difficult time in residency so you're going through your intern year our program is somewhat more heavy inpatient wise so a lot of inpatient rotations Seattle winter so it's darker it's colder um and so kind of going through the ringer and this is all for a lot of folks in residency, it's not everybody. This is kind of potentially the lowest part of residency or maybe coming just out of it. And so that's kind of the framework that we're working off of. How about I ask a more poignant question then? I don't know if you all recall what uh, you were hoping, who you were hoping to be kind of at the res- at the end of residency in terms of either maintaining a piece of you or gaining or growing a piece of yourself. Do you feel like you've changed as a person, fundamentally changed as a person so far this year? This is Helena. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um... Oh, I can start with the first, I feel like the first question, I feel like I'm overall I'm doing well, better than expected. My answer to the, like, how do you feel about entering residency was excited. And I, I feel like I have been able to maintain that to some extent. Um, the winter was okay. Um, and then trying to remember what I answered about who do I want to be at the end of residency, I think I said something like, known for going to like, you know, far extents for our patients. And I 
feel like we do that as a residency and I feel like inspired to do that too. Today I listened to Odette call her patient um, from FMS and she was like, hi, oh, I miss you. Where are you? I haven't seen you in so long. And I was like, Odette, I don't like, my friends don't even talk to me like that. Like I was, <laughs> and she was trying to get her patient to come see her in clinic. And so I feel like seeing Odette do things like that. I also call my patients inspired by Odette to just be like, hey, how are you doing? Why don't you come see me? Like, come see me in like, you know, uh, a way to just um, touch base with them and know that we're thinking about them. So I feel inspired by the people around me. How about we have an, a newcomer joining us, Odette, who was just mentioned by Helena. So I thought it was a natural segue, which is hard in retrospect to think what what would I have said? Am I changing it now? But what do you think and you're hoping for? And then kind of how do you feel, where do you feel like you're at now and if you're changing or not? I think that when I came here, I wanted to be challenged and I didn't know how challenging that would be. And I think I was surprised by what I found was challenging and also surprised by what kind of came more naturally. I think that I guess looking back, there are all these moments where I'm like, where I could have kind of stepped back. I'm kind of proud of myself for, myself for stepping forward in certain situations and kind of trying to, maybe not understanding fully what I was doing, but kind of going for it and just trying to do it in a patient-centered way. And I think that probably was what I wanted to keep, was just always think about the patient as a person and getting to know them as a person as opposed to as a disease as an illness and I think that I remember I was doing an emergency medicine rotation rotation and I really loved it but I was realizing that just seeing patients like every person like hour by hour by hour I felt like I was not seeing the person but seeing the disease and that was one of the reasons why I wanted to do family medicine was because I felt like I always wanted to see the person and I wanted to be a person with them and I wanted to see their humanity and I wanted them to see mine and us to be two humans that are just caring about each other and and trying to make each other's lives better. So I think I'm on my way. Um, I feel like uh, what's been really cool about being in clinic is getting to know like families and seeing them over time, which I'm really excited about the next two years, just kind of accompanying people on their process and their life and living life with them. Odette, that was really beautiful to hear you talk about your relationships with people and your patients. Um, Helena, I agree. I am inspired by my peers in this room. <laughs> um, I think overall medical education is this series of ups and downs where you feel like, oh, I know what I'm doing today and I can do this job and tomorrow I know absolutely nothing. And I think residency for me has been, our intern year has been no exception to that rule. And I think I'm kind of transitioning right now from one of those upswings to maybe a down. I, um, Yeah, the continuity that I have in relationships with patients, especially on my primary care panel, is most of what drives me and gives me a sense of fulfillment in my job. And I, I feel like back in November and December, like the beginnings of winter, I really had that. I had a lot of clinic back to back. I was seeing patients with um, 
some solvable problems, some not solvable problems, but repeatedly. And I, I have a lot of queer patients on my panel now, which is really important to me and a fulfilling experience to help serve members of my own community and to have people like referring their boyfriend to come be one of my patients um, or like I have someone else that I met in the community that then sent their daughter to me to be one of my patients and those are really wonderful um, experiences that that make you feel like you're really serving a community um, but I think more recently I've had a lot more experiences where I'm seeing new patients in the clinic that have three or four or five things that they want to help address or they want to address with me um, and just need help navigating through and it's impossible to do that in a 40-minute new patient visit combined with the time you need for chart review and notes and communicating with your preceptor and communicating with your medical assistants and the whole staff and that I think having so many new patients recently has felt a lot less fulfilling and I'm banging my head against a wall um, with a lot of the limitations that I see in the healthcare system that are preventing me from giving people the care that I think they deserve and building the relationships with them that I want to have. Um, of course, those are new patient visits and I hope to see those patients again and have that same sense of fulfillment that I had back in November. But right now I think I'm not really excited when I have a clinic session and that's made me fairly sad. Um, yeah, and made me feel a lot less human. I think in some ways the experience of medical education, I might have said this back in June or July, I don't know, but it's very dehumanizing in a lot of ways. And I have really been feeling that lately. Um, maybe the Seattle winter, maybe just how I'm feeling and the experiences I've had recently. Um, still hopeful, you know, those patients that I saw back in the fall are still going to come back and maybe uh, Helena Odette I should be calling them a little bit more often <laughs> you know I miss you come 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 see me how you doing um yeah and I yeah I should do that <laughs> I think I think my response to that question last time was that I didn't want to lose my fire and I think it's still burning and I worry I worry that Zana and I were talking about this um in the car on the way over that um my like I'm still noticing all the things that that I have always noticed the problems with the system and the frustrations and I have less motivation to change them and less just energy generally and I think a lot about how the medical education system despite being in a very supportive specialty and a very supportive residency does not enable us to like actually work towards fixing the system problems that we're seeing every day and that is like by design and the system like you know it it creates the outcome that it's designed to create and I and I can see myself little by little like just being too tired to to work on the things that I was so excited to work on when I was a med student and that makes me sad and I 
and I am really glad that I'm surrounded by a lot of like-minded people and just people who are becoming dear friends and just you know the people that fill my cup and yet like I still you know don't have time or energy to do things that I want to be doing like doing community medicine or having trouble finding a community medicine lead um if anyone's out there uh 1401 medicine Seattle Washington you know like we all are passionate about community medicine and like doing this logistic-y administrative role just is not exciting to us with our little time that we have so I don't know I think that this winter I was reflecting on the past eight months I don't for the record don't remember what I said before so I'm very impressed that you remember that but I think this period of time and especially this winter has been kind of as Preston mentioned like this series of ups and downs and feeling like there is definitely periods of time where I feel very fulfilled and excited and then a lot of times when I felt like especially the months of December and January I was just impatient I was in the hospital day after day and I just started to feel like pretty numb and deeply exhausted and I think I expected that that would probably happen like the combination of winter plus just working day after day but I I think I didn't quite anticipate how much I would feel how deeply tired I would feel and I think that I I think I feel the most scared of my emotions when I feel less Mm -hmm. and I think that there was a period of time this winter when I just started to feel very um, unaffected by everything that was happening around me despite feeling and experiencing so much that we all hold on a daily basis in terms of the stories of our patients, in terms of the things that we witness on a daily basis, whether that's broken systems, um, people suffering with such extreme illness, devastating news, etc. And I think that there was definitely a period of time that scared me the most, and I hope that it, when it comes, if it comes back again, that I continue to just recognize that that is just a sign of burnout and feeling really tired but I think that that of of just feeling really exhausted deeply and not feeling things as much and then I feel like I was saying we have Balint and so that's something that for people listening who don't know we we meet as a residency as a class and we process things um, and today we were all kind of we were talking and was an emotional balent and something I was thinking about was that I've cried so many times this week and I think it's just like there it just like reflects on the ups and downs like there's period of time where I feel so little and then there's times when I cried with multiple patients this week I'm on doing obstetrics and patients would feel so devastated when they'd been trying to have a vaginal birth and then had to go for a cesarean section for example and I think they're just sob, you know, sobbing and so upset and just really like a disappointing experience for them. And I felt so deeply for it with them, which felt um, I feel tired by it, but like tired in a more f- a different way. So I think that this winter and like coming into the spring, I'm just like holding 
all of those emotions um and I think like I expected that I would feel a lot of things in residency and I think I just like am learning to be more at peace with like the ups and downs of it in a way that I think in I didn't anticipate as much in medical school and I think now I am like just opening up and learning about it in a different way so I think that that's um been a good experience in a lot of ways but also hard and I think I've been super inspired also by all of you and I think it's been really nice as we progress through this journey together to like to get to know each other in a deeper way and I think we all I, I love our class and I love the other residents as well in the program but I think like we all knew that we would like each other as in like we but then we just like it just takes time because there's just not a lot of time free time to see each other so I think that's been really nice to like have that Fort Warden was really nice <laughs> Our, <laughs> and just to connect in a different way one of the things I think is uh, going to be interesting with your class is that uh, you hopefully <laughs> you will have three years of what was more like our program pre-COVID and uh, you'll be, yeah, you'll be the first class to kind of experience that and wondering how that'll affect things. Uh, Zana, you mentioned some things that were catching you by surprise. Um, anyone else have anything that caught them by surprise so far? I feel like I didn't expect the highs to be so high and the lows to be so low. Um, like the highs of being with someone when they're giving birth and kind of being there for that amazing moment is like something that you can't really describe and so special and such a privilege but then there's just like some personal lows lows for your patients you know witnessing and bearing witness to chronic suffering acute suffering the death of a loved one goals of care conversations I felt like there was there was like in, in December, I felt like, or no, it was January, I felt like I was having goals of care conversation every single week. And I think that there were four patients that I heard about who passed away. And and it was just really hard because I would think about their faces and I would think about their families and it, it was just really heavy. And But I thought I also, the kind of way I was trying to process it was thinking that you know, because of our team and our approach, they were able to die with the dignity that they wanted in the way that they wanted. Uh, so I thought, so I kind of felt like bearing witness to that and kind of talking with families about kind of showing them that you were there with them to make that really difficult decision of doing hospice. I think that doing that and sitting there and, and kind of bearing that suffering with them, I think was a very important like role that we can like a very important thing that you can offer someone and be there for them but I think that it just it's there's a toll on the on the person for doing that and I think that it's hard if you combine the winter and work and it's hard to be a human for other humans when you're barely a human because you're not sleeping and you're not eating and I you barely drink water I don't even have a water bottle all I drink is bubbly all day um Helena knows <laughs> it's like a bubbly a day I don't I don't have, I haven't brought a water bottle to work and like like months 
but I'm here. And I have no kidney injury yet, so this is good. (laughs) Don't check. (laughs) I will say I'm surprised at my new dependence on coffee and my tolerance for very dark, dark coffee that I absolutely hated before. And now I'm like, oh, perfect. It's concentrated caffeine. Let's go. I noticed everyone suddenly, after you said coffee, everyone started ru- running for the mic. <laughs> it was like me. One of mine is coffee related, and that is I used to be, be so anti-Starbucks. You could not catch me dead going to a Starbucks. I thought their coffee was terrible. Their company was terrible. Um, and now I drink Starbucks every day, and I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, the other slightly more serious answer um I was not expecting to like inpatient medicine at all um I think probably mostly as a result of my experience in medical school just not being quite what I wanted and it's been really refreshing to be on our service a almost the only time during intern year that we're like are consistently around other residents which is really something special even when we're you know working so hard and not paying attention to much of anything else but also being off of the surface like right now I'm rotating on vascular surgery and kind of can see the difference in the way that our team takes care of patients compared to other services and just how special it is and how good a job I think we do I'm biased but um as far as you know spending time with patients and making sure they understand what's happening to them and taking care of the whole person and making sure all of their needs are being met. Um, I have a lot of gratitude for that. Um, and the medicine is exciting to me in a way that I, and I don't, don't quite get in clinic, I think. Um, and that's been surprising. Sarah, how dare you, um, talk about our local coffee shop like that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, like Starbucks at Seattle local. Yeah. Okay. So we had something interesting happen at this point where I was attending on service this particular week and I got a page about a acute patient matter. And so I stepped out to take the call. And the team just kept going and recording. And so here's their conversation while I was out fielding a call for probably 10 or 15 minutes. I think what has been surprising for me is really seeing the limits and the limitations of medicine itself. Like not only, definitely in our inpatient service, but also like in the clinic. But now being on block four of five um, of inpatient medicine, seeing so many patients that we have known from previous blocks be readmitted and decline. And we're just, there's one patient I'm really thinking about who I always think about who we, like I saw him on my first block and we've seen him truly on probably almost every other block so every month um and we've seen him go from you know just simple toe amputations to bilateral 
lower extremity amputations and it is all compounded by uh, being unstably housed and feeling so limited by that um yeah so and I think we we see lots of readmissions and just feeling like what are we doing for this patient like truly what are we doing like um and then even in the clinic you know we see patients and sometimes I'm it's also limited by social problems as well just transportation is a huge one that we all see language is a huge one for us at DFM and I'm sure at other clinics too um just sometimes feeling like what are we really doing for our patients the the most frustrating thing for me right now and I think always is why can't I schedule a patient for a longer visit if I know that they have multiple issues that they want to talk about and I have multiple screening like health screenings routine colorectal cancer screening that I need to talk to them about why does that have to be in three different visits especially if they have transportation problems especially if it's an interpreted visit and you need if you have an in-person interpreter there in-person interpreter there like do everything you can right it's an absurd feature of how we bill I, people have told me that it, it might change when you're in attending because you can bill based on time but I mean the appointment slots are still 20 minutes or 40 minutes and I just don't understand especially if we're in like transitioning to a value-based care system how it makes sense to ha- make people have such abbreviated visits um yeah, for the folks that really need that time. And it was really hard for them to get to the doctor's office, childcare, work, you know, and then you end up writing multiple notes and an MA ends up checking them in three times and the front desk ends up scheduling them three times instead of all in one visit. And it's just, a, a I could get on my soapbox and I kind of already have here, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, wasteful it's wasteful and then insurance ends up processing the billing for that three times instead of in one visit and it's just I don't understand (laughs) and I thought maybe I would at this point in intern year and I just get more and more confused and also for context we're now just operating autonomously as Ben is (laughs) is the attending on our inpatient service right now and just got called um presumably about a patient that is either a new admit or something's wrong so sometimes not not off the clock (laughs) I think one of the things that surprised me also that I was just reflecting on was just the level of responsibility I feel as someone's PCP when someone messages me often you know especially if they're replying to something that maybe I sent them I'm the only one that's seeing that or I've had a patient where a lot of things, they live in a shelter and the shelter has emailed me directly and then I've been on nights or something and then I'll see the message and it just feels like, okay, we have to create a system in which someone else is seeing this information, but also just the sense of responsibility for all of these things that people are dealing with in their lives and really wanting to be I think I, now maybe it's coming back to me what I had said in the first thing, like just being such a fierce advocate for patients. And I feel that I'm trying my best and also it's really hard because the system 
makes it really challenging to and I knew that going into this that it would feel that way and still doesn't make it feel better um but I think just like that level of responsibility feels immense sometimes especially when someone is navigating so much and you just know how hard it is for them and then you are just in your regular life but you're just I find myself thinking about patients all the time Mm. and worrying about them maybe I should call them more now that I hear that I'm inspired but I just it just feels like I'm just (laughs) I am inspired by that and also I feel anticipatory anxiety about having a lot more patience for next year because um, for context we get a panel a new panel of patients like a whole panel of patients our second year and I already feel like there's so many patients who I'm their PCP for that are so reliant on me in many ways and it feels like I just the weight of that is overwhelming sometimes I think it's I think and it's a and a privilege. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's. <laughs> <laughs> it is though, and it is overwhelming. And I think that um, it is overwhelming, and it should be overwhelming. I feel like it's like we. I think being humble at this stage in our training is a good thing. Like we don't know, what we don't know, and we don't know so many things. And I think staying humble to the fact that like we're making a lot of shared decisions for patients with patients all day and we see so many patients in a day and this might be like their interaction like this was what they did today and this is like a huge decision of like even starting like a statin that lowers your cholesterol we do that a lot so that feels very normal to us but for someone that's a huge life decision of I'm taking this pill every day. I'm worried about the side effects. This is a new part of my routine. And I feel like sometimes I feel guilty of kind of normalizing it. I I kind of got it from my perspective of like, this is very normal. This is routine. It's what we're doing. And not just like sitting with the patient thinking, oh, this is, we're doing a lot of things today. And this is a lot. And this is overwhelming for you, just in the way that it's overwhelming for me. (laughs) As we start to transition to senior roles what are our feelings our anxieties just our overall sense of you know this incoming new responsibility and change I'll go first. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This. (laughs) This is is Helena. I feel excited in way. Oh my gosh, I keep saying that. My, yeah, I do feel excited though. I feel excited in ways to be able to step into bigger shoes in a sense. Um, I feel like as interns, especially um, at the beginning, we might have felt a little bit babied um, <laughs> in in a, a very supportive way that helped us transition so smoothly from being medical students to taking on responsibility. I think we were, you know, 
kind of guided along the way and slowly gained more um, autonomy, exactly. But now stepping into the role of um, being the person who oversees somebody else who's new to medicine feels very daunting and also kind of like, am I qualified to do this? Honestly, no. <laughs> but I, yes. but I will, but I will, yeah. and we will, yeah. Um, and I keep thinking back to my very first call shift where I was the first intern on call of the new year, or sorry, of like our class, and um, you know it was going fine. And then at six o'clock, when sign out is at seven, two back-to-back rapid responses get called and it's a brand new senior on and I'm a brand new intern and we are just kind of flailing and trying to imagine myself leading somebody else through that um, does bring a lot of anxiety but I am excited Yeah, I feel like I'm also excited to share in that new experience for our new interns. Also, shout out to our new class that matched at First Hill um, just last week, if you're listening. We're so excited to welcome you. Maybe by the time you hear this, you'll already be here. (laughs) Depends how much time Ben has for editing. Um, I'm so excited to support new interns through that process in the way that I felt so supported by my seniors um, eight or nine months ago, or even now, I mean, honestly, um, I want to fill that role for someone else. I am afraid of the challenge of not just thinking about my own workflow now, but teaching someone else how to have their own workflow or just supporting them and figuring it out. Um, Yeah, I'm nervous, but the decision-making also is not but and the decision making (laughs) responsibility is really intimidating I think for a new admission like what is the plan and yeah for those rapid responses what labs do I need right now um yeah that I'm scared Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the answer is always a CBC a CB (laughs) a CMP and a trope (laughs) and a chest x-ray um I remember, I don't remember where I heard this, but I remember hearing this metaphor from someone in medicine. It might have been on Twitter. I don't know. Um, Where we each have this sort of circle of knowledge and experience um, that we are constantly growing throughout our training and our life. And we're always standing on the edge of it, looking out at all the things we don't know. And we're always going to be looking out at things we don't know. And we're almost never like forced to turn back and look at how big our circle has gotten and how much we have actually learned. And something that I'm really looking forward to when the interns arrive is kind of getting to see ourselves one year ago um, as a look back at how much our circle has grown over the course of this year. And I think I'm excited for that being quite striking how much we actually have learned because it's not quite apparent right now um and another thing I'm excited for is I'm I'm nervous about increased clinic responsibilities but I'm also really looking forward to that I feel like I have not 
had very many patients that I've developed good continuity with over the course of this year gotten a lot of new patients more recently who um I I have felt something has been missing from clinic for me and I'm and I'm really looking forward to getting to know a big group like a new group of patients um and hope that that will stay exciting to me despite the vast increase in responsibility and amount of work and notes to write. (laughs) The collective groan. groan. (laughs) Notes take longer than I thought they would. That's a surprising, but shouldn't have been surprising. I feel also, I like that I, a metaphor of the circle. I, I've heard that from, not the exact metaphor, but just that we're always comparing ourselves in medicine to people who are at higher levels of training and rarely have opportunity to look back. So I think that that will be good. It's hard to imagine feeling that I know things, but I think it's one of those things that we will surprise ourselves and just as sometimes I'll hear myself explaining something to a patient and I am surprised to hear the words coming out of my (laughs) mouth that are actually true things that I understand about something and then I'm able to explain it to them. I think that that I just have to trust the process that we all are learning and absorbing things and that we will have things to share and guide our incoming class with. And I'm excited about that. And I'm excited that I think we'll all be really awesome supportive seniors to people that's the hope yeah to, oh. we have <laughs> it was at this point that I came back from my phone call and noticed that they were all still recording and was really looking forward to what they chatted about Uh, So in response to the question about, you know, what are feelings about being seniors next year? I'm uh, Teco Helena. I'm also pretty excited. I like being a mentor. I think it's fun. I think that you also learn when you teach. Um, So I'm excited to have more time to learn and to research and think about evidence-based practice. I think sometimes when you're, as as an intern, you're kind of doing a lot of logistics and note writing, and I'm excited to have more time for critical thinking and integrating the fire hose of information I've been getting this year and then kind of condensing that and then being able to explain it in a way that makes sense is something that I'm excited to have time for. And then I think just to create good vibes. I feel like that's like my number one goal is like create good vibes, positive vibes. Like, yeah, like if you like, we don't have like, we don't have as much logistic work that we can like, kind of like if we sense the room is kind of low, like let's play some music. Like Kalina's like the master of this. She has like Bad Bunny playing at like six in the morning. Um, there's no sun, but there's Bad Bunny. With, with everybody's consent that they can go to the club at 6 a.m. <laughs> but like that's like, that's the energy we need. Like that's how we combat the heaviness, you know? So I think that, um, and I think that that's infectious. Like you kind of fake it till you make it. Like I feel like even if I don't have the positive vibes, I can bring them. And then I think that you kind of end up 
feeling good afterwards. So that's that's my goal. I respect that uh, that notion so much. I was just saying it on FMS like yesterday in terms of being efficient and then efficiency begets teaching and also space for fun. But also like FMS can be fun. You have a group of people you really enjoy being around. You can have good vibes. You can play good music. You can be low key during stressful situations. Uh, it's almost like necessity. Otherwise it just kind of like eats away at you. It's like the, all we get is acid and we need a little bit of base get it base Ooh, to even it out. Oh man, that felt good. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I don't want to preclude it. I don't know where you're at in the circle of senior. Oh, okay. That's so good. I'm so glad you continued onwards. Uh, I'm going to pause this real quick. We took a quick pause here just to reset. Is you, You've only been in residency for less than a year, but is there anything you would go back and tell yourself back in July when it's all sunny and we're all smiling? It's like the hottest day of the year. and Anything you'd want to know that you know now? even though it's early on? I don't think this is something I would need to tell myself, but to just say it out loud, that the crying is so normal in residency. <laughs> and to allow yourself to cry, and I'm speaking to myself after that first day when I was on call that I had recounted, um, where I came home and Preston was there and he looks at me and and then I just start crying because <laughs> it's like 10 o'clock yeah. at night <laughs> after my first call day and and he was uh, he was like can I give you a hug I was like no <laughs> and I was crying and then I'm like oh god what is this gonna be like this is day one yeah. and and I think throughout that first the like growing pains of intern year crying was very common and I think like Zan and I would text about like oh yeah like it was a crying day today and <laughs> um just commiserating in that and knowing that like sometimes you just need to or I would go to Friday feedback and I would just be like I'm gonna cry I'm gonna cry right now and the attendings and the seniors are have been all supportive they're like yeah just cry just cry um so, but as the year went on, I feel like I did not cry as much. Um, I don't know what that says. <laughs> Is that, yeah, good thing or bad thing? Mm. Has anyone cried at unexpected times? I find that's when I cried the mo well, the most, but like more frequently, it's when times that catch me off guard. I rarely cry in times where I'm like, I should probably be crying right now. <laughs> I cry unintentionally on dog walks a lot. Just comes out. You know, you're alone with your thoughts. Is that because also it's like, feels like a safe space because you're just maybe. there walking a dog? Maybe. Mm -hmm. and the wind blowing in your eyes also makes them water, oh, yeah. you know? <laughs> um, I remember crying during my first Friday feedback with Ben um, and you know we were doing the feedback and I was like oh yeah like my workflow is good and then Ben like just looks at me and he's like but how are you doing and then I was like 
<laughs> and I cried. <laughs> and I didn't mean to. Like, I was there just to, like, you know, reflect on my workflow. Um, The only thing, I don't this is not particularly interesting. I would have told myself to start using the iPad on FMS sooner. Use the iPad. <laughs> There's going to be a, a future. Actually, we, we have a future class coming in at this point. If any of them hear that, pro tip right there. Plenty of the R2s told me to use the iPad, and I ignored them, mm-hmm. and I should have listened. That class of, what, 2026, use the iPad. Something that I've embraced being an intern and in residency is sleeping whenever there's an opportunity to sleep, <laughs> which I'm not a na- I was not a napper before, and now if I get an opportunity to nap, I'm, right now I'm on OB, and when there's a quiet moment and I don't have any patience in labor and there's nothing happening, I just go and I take a nap and it feels so good. And it feels very freeing because I used to feel guilty or that I was supposed to be doing something else and that I shouldn't be sleeping. But you just have to take every opportunity you can. (laughs) I think that's something I would tell myself or tell a new intern is that um, you're, you're on the right path and you also create that path for yourself. And that's something that I'm still coming to terms with. I think there's always questioning, but I think that focusing on all the amazing moments, the path seems clearer. So I kind of, that's kind of something that I've been, been working with this year. This may be too closely tied to the prompt of senior year or our two year becoming a senior. Is there anything that you're dreading that's coming up? Also, conversely, is there anything that you're looking forward to? Well, we talked about notes. We're all dreading the amount of notes we'll have to write with clinic. And it sucks because it's like, that's not why you're in medicine. You're not writing. That's not why you decide to be a doctor is to write notes. But that ends up being like this chunk of your time that even gets in the way of like eye contact with a patient, which feels ridiculous. But that is like we all said, the way the system works. So I feel like how can we like like Sarah was saying, how can we fight the system when we're so embedded in the system? And then we're just going to keep getting more embedded every year. There was that old doctor you worked for that said you were such a good typer, though. So. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, with the upcoming R2 year, I'm really looking forward to new rotations. Doing family medicine inpatient service five times as an intern, although technically I'm only doing it four times because I broke my leg. <laughs> Still recovering from that, but doing well. Um, doing that so many times in intern year, it's I agree, I enjoy hanging out with people and I do not find the work of inpatient adult medicine fulfilling. I'm really excited to do an elective, to do the gynecology rotation, you know. I don't I should look at the schedule and get more excited about the other things during our two year that I can't think of off the top of my head now. But I'm just excited adolescent me- yeah, adolescent medicine. That's gonna be great. Um so I'm excited 
geriatrics, all those things to, to branch out a little bit into some of the other reasons that I wanted to go into family medicine because inpatient medicine was not my reason. <laughs> and that's a lot of intern year. <laughs> Don't even know. Do y'all know any no, of the rotation? <laughs> listen, listen, Helena will be like, oh, what am I on next? Hmm, which, which rotation is it? It's OB. Okay, there we go. Do you think uh, you'll be feeling the same way you're feeling now a year from now? Or even six months from now, whenever we record next, do you think you'll be feeling the same way that you're feeling like here today? For me, I hope so. Um, like spring in Seattle's beautiful. There's flowers on every corner. I just had a wonderful meal at Ben's house and I got to feed his toddler, which was, which was amazing. Like I, you could pay me to do that. That was so fun. The way he would just gently like take the soup in his mouth, like so politely and then say, thank you. I was like, I'm here for this. Like, this is adorable. Those cheeks. Um, so today was a good day. Um, so if I feel this way in six months, that would be, that'd be really cool. I can arrange for you to come over (laughs) and feed every On kind of a similar note, I feel like talking about our experiences in this group and having a space to air out how we're feeling right now, like this feels like group therapy right now in some ways and makes me feel a lot better. So yeah, I hope and I think that I will feel that each time we record. Um, yeah, in in like outside of our experience this evening, I hope I'm feeling a lot more connected with my patients than I am in this moment right now. It's just, you have to call them and leave voicemails. Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, miss you. Odette, Odette is setting the bar way too high for all of us. Um, I am also looking forward to knowing my patients and I'm, also looking forward to knowing my co-residents a lot better. I remember arriving at the beginning of intern year and just being like, how do all these people like know each other so well? As in like upper years and faculty know each other so well and feel so comfortable around each other. And I feel like now we're like just starting to get there with each other and with the rest of the residency. And um, I think that can only improve from here and I'm excited about our classes retreat in a couple months and just having a full summer here with lots of sunlight um, and, and just getting to know each other even more and getting more connected so you have like eight months together so you kind of have a slight idea what your group every class is different right every, they're known for uh, and, and within the subtle laughs, there's so many stories behind that. Um, and this is a little bit of speaking for each other, but what, what do you hope your class is known for? We talked about what do you hope you're known for before, but now that you know your class, what do you hope your class is known for by the time you, you head out into the world further? I'll add to that to buy a little bit more time. 
Um, I've, I've thought more intently about class. I thought, I think I thought about it a lot as a resident and then I, I didn't think about it a ton. And then I've thought about it a lot more during COVID because that the, the connection piece, the, the culture piece, the togetherness piece, um, became so much more difficult. And so I've thought more about groups of people as well as individuals. And, uh, I'm just curious if you've, how about we, we don't even have to say what your class is known for. What, what do you think your class is known for right now? Our lip sync battle. <laughs> <laughs> I said our lip sync performance at Fort Gordon. Um, our, wait, Fort Gordon or Fort Warden? Fort Warden. Fort I was like, that was wrong. That I was, was like, it was close enough to Warden. Fort Warden. Uh, like, I, I know. Like, I, I was there. He said Warden. I promise I was there. Um, yeah, our lip sync so performance. It was so crazy of a time. The W turned into the, a G. The faculty texted us at like 7 a.m., 9 a.m., I don't even know, too early in the morning and said, lip sync battle, 7 p.m., be there, be prepared. We are. Um, and I, I would like to think that we answered the call with an excellent Dua Lipa uh, Backstreet Boys mashup. Yeah, definitely that. I feel like that was um, really fun for our class, too, to just all be like, let's do this. Let's just do it. <laughs> and we all committed. Um, some people begrudgingly, but they we all came together. Not at the end. Yeah, they did. They did. But I to answer your first question, Ben, I, you know, I feel like as um, we've gone through this year, I feel like I've heard a lot of attendings kind of talk about how like the program was in terms of like the social aspects and how a lot of it was lost due to COVID and um, just the past couple of years. So I hope that we will be a class that can kind of revitalize that a little bit um, and that we are a class that likes to have fun and gets things done and um, you know, just we are like a close class, which I feel like we are. Have fun and get things done. That's the new work hard, play hard. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Something that I thought was super cool is like even in like the first, I remember like one of our first balance, we all came together and we're like, okay, like FMS is great, but like we have some concrete actionable items of how to improve the fms experience and then we like shared a sticky and everyone contributed and we like discussed it and we thought of like really like good actionable things and this was just a couple months in and i thought this is such a cool group of people to be in that like we are challenging the status quo and we want to make it a better learning experience for ourselves and for the people that come after us and i love that energy and i feel like that's a really cool energy to be a part of and i hope that that is something that we're known for as a class of like we want to constantly make things better for our community and build this community that is nourishing and supportive i feel that i am just going to reiterate what everyone was saying but when i reflect on what we will be as a class i've already felt that we are very close and that we've created a very welcoming positive community as a group and I think that that will continue I'm hopeful and optimistic that that will continue and just continue to get better from here and that will be known for that for classes behind us to be like wow this class 
The lore. The lore. That that reminded me that we at our one of our goals, I think, I don't know if everyone knows about this. One of our goals for our retreat our intern retreat at the end of April is to think of conceive of some new traditions for the residency that we will help establish and so stay tuned (laughs) (laughs) it was xana it was xana xana great skills produced by ben davis Big thank you to our team for recording with us. Preston, Alina, Sarah, Zana, and Odette. And next time we hear from them, they'll be firmly in our two year. So like Sarah said, stay tuned.